1: life if you give your
0: heart and believe what he's done for you you'll be set
1: for life with the treasures stored up in heaven when you're through you'll be set for life you ever watch a bug zapper pop insects i mean the, the bugs see this light i guess it's beautiful to them they're just gravitated to it And so they fly right into it, and they just go into their own death of their own decision to do it. Nobody made them do it. They went right into it. Well, today, we're going to be in 1 Kings 22, the final chapter of 1 Kings. I'm going to call it, Just Walk Right In, because King Ahab is going to do exactly that. He's going to walk right in to his own death. Also, King Jehoshaphat is in this story. And whenever I think of him, I think of Don Francisco singing, Great Jumpin' Jehoshaphat. So a little insight on Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles 17.3 says, Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the Acts of Israel. And so King Ahab had always worshipped Baal, but Jehoshaphat here, he was pretty much the exact opposite kind of character than what King Ahab was. And so today we're going to both of them try to work together, two opposites, in a really bad situation, and we're going to watch how this all turns out in 1 Kings 22, verse 1. For three years there was no war between Aram and Israel, but in the third year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to see the king of Israel. The king of Israel had said to his officials, Don't you know that Ramoth-Gilead belongs to us, and yet we are doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram? So he asked Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight against Ramoth-Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, First, seek the counsel of the Lord. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets about 400 men and asked them, Shall I go to war against Ramoth-Gilead, or shall I refrain? Go, they answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? So why then, after they all agreed and said, go to war, okay, it's your prophets, you're all saying the same thing, why after all that did Jehoshaphat ask, are there any real prophets around Doesn't Israel have any real prophets left? I think Jehoshaphat sensed that something was wrong. If you remember in the previous chapters, if you can recall how many people in Ahab's kingdom were all corrupt to the very core, remember they All the men of the city of Naboth, they set Naboth up for a murder, and they lied about it, and they were okay with it. Now, I think Jehoshaphat picked up on this corrupt culture, and I think that's why he felt something's not right here, even though there's 400. Something's off. 1 Kings 22 and 8. The king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, there is still one prophet through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me. But always bad. He is Micaiah, the son of Imla. The king should not say such a thing. Jehoshaphat replied. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, "Bring Micaiah, son of Imla, at once." Dressed in their royal robes, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones at the threshing floor by the entrance of the gate of Samaria, with all the prophets prophesying before them. Now Zedekiah, son of canaanah had made iron horns, and he declared, This is what the Lord says, With these you will gore the Arameans until they are destroyed. All the other prophets were prophesying the same thing. Attack Ramoth-Gilead and be victorious, they said, For the Lord will give it into the king's hand. Okay. All right, Ahab already knew about Micaiah before the 400 prophets even showed up. What this tells me is that Micaiah was not even invited to come. He asked 400 guys, but not that guy. (laughs) Okay, you can see how much Ahab still hated God. After all the, the grace, all the mercy he'd been offered in the past, he was still hating God like it wasn't anything. So this guy Zedekiah here, he made a really big show of himself he made these horn shaped things and he goes up to the king he goes you're gonna you're gonna gore all the all the arameans like this and you're gonna get them and you're gonna stick them and you're gonna cut them and twist them up now you're gonna win go get them and the 400 said yeah we're gonna win let's go get them it's it's like a a a dog and pony show here i mean what else do you need he's got the horns You, you need a puppet show to go along with it it's just funny. Any of y'all remember pep rallies in high school and junior high? Who's got spirit? We've got spirit. Everybody stand and let us hear it. You know, it's we're going to win. We're going to get them. go team, you know, and then you go play the game that's coming up and you all lose and you just go do another pep rally again anyway. Well, these prophets here, they were literally trying to get Ahab to charge right into war. Yeah, you're going to do it. Let's go. Consider that the Lord had just recently in the previous chapter, he had pronounced severe judgment on Ahab. Remember that? It's coming. I guess Ahab's thinking, who cares, or I don't believe it now, or whatever. Ahab got low for a little while, but now he's just, he's not listening. He hates the one man of God in the whole land. He didn't even invite him. He didn't say anything nice about me. You know, you just got to wonder, what do you really think is going to happen when Ahab goes into this battle? He has a judgment upon him. What's going to happen? It looks pretty obvious to me. First Kings 22 and 13. The messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to him, Look, the other prophets without exception are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what the Lord tells me. Okay, y'all file this passage here under the category called no compromise. Put this under no compromise. Micaiah, he was told to agree with the majority. Hey, just go with what everybody's saying. That's what you want to do. Just say what the king wants to hear. Make him happy. Say what everybody's saying. But Micaiah refused to compromise. He just wouldn't do it. Even though he knew that the consequences of his actions of not agreeing with the 400, this could mean his own death. 1 Kings 22 and 15. When he arrived, the king asked him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead or not? Attack and be victorious, he answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. The king said to him, How many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Well, okay, what just happened? He, he said what the king wanted to hear, right? You know when you go and you tell your kids to clean up their room and they answer like, oh, yay, I get to go clean my room. I've been looking forward to this all, my, all day long. I just love it. It's my favorite thing in the world to do. Okay, that's what Micaiah just did. <laughs> he used sarcasm. Yes, go to war. The Lord's with you. You're going to win. He showed the other 400 prophets how ridiculous they sounded, as yes men. They're yes men. You're just saying what the king wants to hear. Apparently, Micaiah knew the drill. He had stood before the king before, because remember, the king says he never says anything nice to me. So they've done this song and dance already in the past. Micaiah probably already knew, King Ahab never listens to me anyway. He doesn't like me. And so he knew the protocol, the royal protocol. Stand before the king, tell him what he wants to hear. Shall we go to war? Yes, king, go to war. You're awesome. You're going to win. That's what you want to hear anyway. You know, Micaiah was trying to cut through the ritual bullcorn by showing everybody how stupid this whole ritual song and dance looks. You're just telling the king what he wants to hear. Yeah, go in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. God will do it. And Ahab didn't like the sound of his sarcasm. But Micaiah did, his, did this sarcasm on purpose because he wanted to get real with the king. First Kings 22 and 17. Then Micaiah answered, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, These people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you that he never prophesies anything good about me, but only bad? He sounds like a child here. Micaiah, he predicted that the Israelites were about to be without a leader, he said, which means Ahab is going to die in this battle. Ahab doesn't like the sound of this. So then everybody would just, after Ahab dies, everybody was just going to go home, and they were going to go home without a master. So try to catch this picture here, okay? The Lord had just pronounced judgment against Ahab in the previous chapter of 21. Then Micaiah is brought in, and he spoke in agreement with the Lord's judgment. He did not speak in agreement with the 400 prophets. He refused to compromise to that, but Ahab didn't like it. Ahab has been told repeatedly over and over again, this is coming, it's coming, and he didn't like it. Every time he certainly wasn't going to listen to it from Micaiah, he would rather listen to the big pep rally, the dog and pony show of the 400 prophets that were telling him to go to war. So I want us to catch the picture here. Somebody is really trying to push Ahab to walk right in to his death. Gone, right? Now, who's trying to get him to go in? Uh, it's the 400 ray. No, it's bigger than that. I want you to really listen to this next part because it, this is just absolutely incredible. First Kings 22 and 19. Micaiah continued, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the multitudes of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth-Gilead and go to his death there? One suggested this and another that. Finally, a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. By what means? the Lord asked. I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all his prophets, he said. You will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So now the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all the prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. Okay, wow, guys, you know, the Lord decreed disaster for Ahab. He told him directly. He told him through prophets. He knows it's coming. Micaiah just expanded on who all was involved with Ahab being brought to this judgment that the Lord decreed. So the 400 prophets, they were unknowingly, to them anyway, they were unknowingly trying to drive Ahab straight into the judgment that the Lord God said was coming. But this is one of those absolutely fascinating glimpses into the heavenlies that we've been given here to to help us understand how God operates. God had judged Ahab. He pronounced judgment on him. Ahab, I'm done with you. All this false God worship of Baal, it's over. And so now Ahab is going to go down and nothing is going to change that. But in order to bring that judgment to reality, The Lord called for somebody to go and entice Ahab, make Ahab want to walk right into it. And so you need to make him walk in on it on on his own. He's literally going to walk him like a bug, going to that bug popper. And so a lying spirit stepped forward, which would be a demon. Okay. He stepped up and said, I'll do it. Like, this is my specialty. I'm a liar. I, I can lie through so many people. And I'll get Ahab to just want to go and just walk right into it. When I read things like this, my head just goes kaboom, because this is a deep story. To think that all of creation, both angels and demons, they all have to answer to God. They all have to obey God's will in some form or another. All of creation must answer to the Lord. So here's another example of this. If you go and read Job chapter 1, it says that God basically called up everybody in the spirit world. We're going to have a meeting, and even Satan himself had to show up for it. And so they're all in submission to God. They all have to do what God says. Everybody, all creation, everywhere. So this is why the 400 prophets all said the same thing. Yes, go to war, because they spoke according to this lying demon who said, I can entice Ahab to just walk right into his own death. I'll can do. i do that. I, I'm good at this. The Lord says, get it done, man. And for all of this to be God's will, this is God's will that all this happened like this. You see, God gave Ahab more than enough opportunities already to repent and get right. But Ahab persisted in wickedness. You can even see it. Ahab hated the Lord because he didn't even like Micaiah, the Lord's own chosen man. He doesn't like anything of anything to do with God. He doesn't like it. He hates it. This is also why Ahab preferred to listen to the lying prophets instead of Micaiah's truth. And so many times we have seen in the Bible that the Lord actually uses evil to attract evildoers in to their own judgment. Friends, I'm... Just telling you with all seriousness that I can, if you play around with sin, oh, I enjoy it, I like it, you know, and that's why a lot of people gravitate to sin, you play with sin, then sin is going to draw you right into your end. First Kings 22 and 24, then Zedekiah, the son of Canaanah, went up and slapped Micaiah in the face. Which way did the spirit from the Lord go when he went from me to speak to you, he asked. Micaiah replied, you'll find out on the day you go to hide in an inner room. So Zedekiah, that was that pep rally leader that used the horns to make a big show. Oh, you're going to kill him like this and you're going to stick him, and you're going to punch them. And you know, this little puppet show thing that he did, that's, that was, that was Zedekiah. But Micaiah's message made Zedekiah look like a fool, like a complete idiot. He looked like a fool that had no prophetic edge at all. He was just all talk. Rather, he was somebody that got shown up as easily tricked by demons, and he took personal offense to that. And Zedekiah pretty much felt like an idiot. Well, it's because he was. (laughs) So there's something really deep for you to consider here that all 400 spoke in agreement because they heard someone. They heard someone speaking to them. And so oftentimes when people think they have this godly prayer life, but they're okay with sin, but by God, I I pray and the Lord loves me. And as, as soon as they hear someone speak to them, they just automatically assume it has to be God, even if it says sinful things. They just, well, I heard it. It had to be God. So I, I have a question here I want you to think about. How come they did not know that it wasn't God? How come the 400, prophets we are, yay, how come they didn't know it was not God? The reason they didn't know the difference between God and Satan is because they were okay with sin. we got to figure these prophets, prophets they called themselves, they were Baal worshipers. They worshiped a false god, and they worshiped Baal, and they were speaking They were trying to convince a real believer like Jehoshaphat. Remember, Jehoshaphat had a sense that something was off here, and they were trying to convince him as well as Ahab. And so Zedekiah slapping Micaiah, that was probably one of the worst insults that you could do to somebody in that day. But Micaiah, he didn't feel like he needed to argue with Zedekiah over which one of them was the real prophet. Micaiah said, we're going to find out which one of them's the real deal when you run and hide. After Ahab gets killed, you're going to run and hide like the scared little thing you are. And when that happens and all the prophets run in terror with their lies behind them, that's when you're going to find out who the real prophet here is today. First Kings 22 and 26. The king of Israel then ordered, "Take Micaiah and send him back to Ammon, the ruler of the city, and to Joash, the king's son." and say, this is what the king says, put this fellow in prison and give him nothing but bread and water until I return safely. See, he thinks he's coming home. Until I return safely. Micaiah declared, if you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added, mark my words, all you people. Oh, wow. Did you see that? The heat is on. (laughs) Ahab actually thinks he's going to return from this battle. Okay, when I get back, here's what we're going to do. No, you're not coming back. So here's the burden of proof. If Ahab returns, then Micaiah said the Lord did not speak through him at all. But if Ahab does not return, if he dies, Micaiah said, mark my words, all you people. Boy, it's really getting hot in here, isn't it? Ahab had rejected the Lord for so long that even though He was just specifically warned. He was warned with great detail what was coming. He still is not going to listen. He just won't hear it. The man is literally going to walk right into the judgment that he had repeatedly been warned about for so long. You would think that after having so much detailed foreknowledge that it would give him every opportunity to actually not fall for it. But, friends, that's what blindness does to those who reject God's word. They just walk right in. Ahab was headed for his own judgment by his own decision, which would make nobody else responsible for what happens to him except himself alone. 1 Kings 22 and 29. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went up to Ramoth-Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will enter the battle in disguise. But you wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. (laughs) Okay, if if God doesn't know it's me, then apparently the judgment can't catch me, right? Because he can't find me. I'm in disguise. (laughs) That's crazy. You remember in chapter 14, Jeroboam, he sent his wife to the prophet Ahijah And Jeroboam told his wife to disguise herself. You remember that? It's like, well, we'll sneak around God. We're going to trick God, right? So she's on her way to the prophet. And God told Ahijah, hey, that's Jeroboam's wife coming. She's in disguise. That's her. Okay. I mean, Ahab here, he's following the same dumb strategy of another Baal worshiper that came before his time. I mean, the same sin is going to get the same results here. And I've wondered why Jehoshaphat would even go into war with Ahab at all at this point. The best I can come up with is that maybe he thought that even if Ahab does die in this battle, somehow maybe his tribe of Judah, that his own kingdom could still economically or militarily gain from taking Ramoth Gilead back. I I really honestly don't know what Jehoshaphat was thinking here, why he would go into this battle with Ahab after what he just heard. I have no idea. 1 Kings 22 and 31. Now the king of Aram had ordered his 32 chariot commanders, do not fight with anyone, small or great, except the king of Israel. When the chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they thought, surely this is the king of Israel. So they turned to attack him. But when Jehoshaphat cried out, the chariot commanders saw that he was not the king of Israel and stopped pursuing him. Okay, so the king of Aram, he had this a particular specific strategy for his men. Don't fight with everybody, only take down the king of Israel, only go after him. The strategy that he commanded would come to fulfill Micaiah's prophecy that the Israelites would, would run home without a master. Now, you see how the Lord used even the king of Aram to execute his plan of judgment against Ahab.
0: Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel, Pearland
1: Set